I have headphones on. Is that what we're supposed to be doing? I think so. My friend who does audio, he said that headphones are better because it picks up less sound in the room. Oh, good. Because my dogs might start barking and then, you know, all hell will break loose. And then it'll be like, oh, no, this is a podcast about dogs. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I can't wait to talk about my dogs and Enneagram types. Wow. What do you what do you think? Shouldn't we say that for the podcast? I mean, it's recording now, <laughs> so this could all be the podcast. Uh, I definitely figured this was going to get cut out. All right, so hello and welcome to Just Any Other Podcast. We're just another Enneagram podcast. So to the one person listening, thought we'd go ahead and introduce <laughs> ourselves. Yes. Oh, man. My name is Kara. I am 25 years old. I am a clinical social worker who works with kids, um, doing therapy, and I am an Enneagram two-wing one. Yes. My name is Meg. I am also 25, and I am a wedding photographer. But just to be fair, I did get a couple degrees in psychology, so. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say that we should bring that up at some point that <laughs> I have so, some credibility right because yeah. there are a lot of Enneagram skeptics out there in the world that this is like a pseudo or pop psychology but being that we are two people who at least studied if not practice mental health in some kind of capacity I think it rings very true so we're not just some bozos off the street at least one of us has a lot of student debt that would say otherwise <laughs> Yes. Also, I am an Enneagram four wing three. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, as we said, I'm a type two. Meg is a type four. Um, so get ready for a lot of feelings on this podcast. <laughs> so many feelings. A lot of shame. You know, have thought about calling us the shame squad because that is what connects <laughs> us heart types. Um, so we are just we're here that for might the turn feels. Some people off. <laughs> just want to give a disclaimer you know that nobody gets taken by surprise when we're just <laughs> talking about our feelings all the time the first question that I think I wanted to answer which I'm sure is pressing on all of your singular mind is why are we doing this <laughs> good question <laughs> We just love the Enneagram so much. I truly cannot shut up about it, and it's becoming (laughs) a problem. So I think this is going to be my safe space to give the people I interact with face-to-face a break. Yeah, this is probably the only space I can talk about the types of my dogs and not feel super judged. (laughs) Well, probably a little judged, but I mean, not by me, baby. Not by me. (laughs) I'm on board. We... We just love the Enneagram. Anytime I meet someone, I'm kind of wondering what they are. Um, And pretty much when I watch TV now, too, like all my favorite shows, I'm just typing everybody. Oh, my gosh. Um, I think that is kind of my litmus test also of a well-written character now is to be like, (laughs) this is what I think their dominant type is. Are they going in stress to where they should be going? (laughs) Just some disclaimers. Meg and I already told you we have full-time jobs that aren't this we don't know what we're doing (laughs) so as millennials you know we got to make a podcast but also if you want quality I 
I don't know if I recommend this yet. We're still figuring <laughs> out what we're doing. The genuine joy when we figured out that we were recording would have given you an implication of how yeah. this is going to go. The amount yeah, of times I'm saying, uh, probably is also giving you <laughs> some <laughs> leaning. Uh, we, if you want to learn things, maybe go listen to Enneagram for Idiots. They're great. We love that one. We love them but so much. But also don't listen to it if like language bothers you. True. Or maybe don't listen to us. I fucking love to swear sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Meg and I back in college, you know, very pious children that we were. Meg came up with a rule that we were allowed to swear on Tuesdays. Um, and now- uh, that's so embarrassing. <laughs> I did not even remember that. Yeah, that was real. We were 19. It's fine. Uh, but now that we are hardened adults. I cuss every, every day. day. <laughs> every fucking day. Cussing. We're about it. Jesus, since we kind of brought him up. we Also are, about it. <laughs> yeah. We're also pro-Jesus. I do think that you can not be pro-Jesus. You can be, what's, anti-Jesus? Yeah. You don't have to be, you don't got to be a Christian to get into the Enneagram. A lot of Christians are into the Enneagram. I think most of that is because the Enneagram does have a spiritual application. This might not be your cup of tea if you really hate religion. Also, just um, don't have, like, too many expectations. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty free-spirited over here. Just going with the flow. Yeah, it's a loose outline. But speaking of our loose outline, uh, let's get into it. So... If you're unfamiliar with the Enneagram. The Enneagram is a type of personality typing system that states that all people fit into one of nine predominant categories with a wing on either side of their dominant type. So we have the nine different personality types. They are labeled one through nine. One is not the best type. Nine is not the worst type. I actually think most people low-key think that nine is the best. Um, we'll get into that. Ooh, I really want to do We can, episode. I can like cancel that real quick, <laughs> like super quick. Okay. Yeah. I'm married to a nine. So like, you know, is that what we've decided finally? I mean, oh, goodness, that's, let's just have another podcast for how Jake, my husband is so complicated and we couldn't type him for forever. And now I, yes, I think he's a nine, <laughs> but like. Who the heck knows? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, also, any listeners out there, good thing that Meg brought it up. She's married. Don't get a crush on her. Get a crush on me. I'm not married. <laughs> uh, yes, her voice is way nicer than mine, so I just feel like that was going to happen no matter what. Oh, man, yikes. Let's not go there because I don't know uh, if that's true. But also, speaking of, you know, Jake's complexities, um. I would just like to throw out real quick my recommendation for any of you that don't know your type. Um, I wouldn't necessarily rely on the test, okay? I feel like that is one of, like, the little flaws about the Enneagram is um, it's not just about your behavior. It's about the why, and you are the one that knows your why better than anybody, and so... I would just recommend reading about all of the types and then finding out what fits you best. What do you think about that? Oh, completely agree. Um, I tweeted out recently, 
I wanted to know about a bunch of my, the people that I follow, their Enneagram types and a, and a bunch of them were like, oh, I just took the test and, and I almost had an aneurysm. Um, <laughs> You're like immediately like, I'm not going to believe the next sentence out of your mouth. <laughs> no, I was like, mm, well, that doesn't seem true. And then also someone tried to be like, I'm a two wing nine and my soul died. So it's <laughs> yeah, that's not a thing, everybody. We've all been there maybe at some point, maybe not Kara, but I was there. <laughs> um, like just, I mean, I also went through a little Enneagram journey where I was like, I don't fit anywhere. First I thought it was a nine, then a two. And then like, I was like, this is stupid. I don't fit. And there you go. I'm a four. So each of the, these types of people, they are categorized by their primary thing that they are searching for and their primary thing that they are scared of. We have a reality that we're in every day. And so how our personality forms is by how do we cope with living in an imperfect world, essentially. In the late 60s, he started teaching about what we've come to know as the Enneagram. Um, the shape of the actual Enneagram which I'm really glad we're talking about it. And it's a shape. Um, it's really helpful. Um, if you look at our logo, it is the Enneagram shape. <laughs> um, so it's a circle with these lines that connect. Um, and that actual shape can be traced back to the work of Pythagoras, which <laughs> for all. And for those of us who have been alive for more than five seconds, which I think is everyone, because why would a baby be listening to this podcast? Uh, we know that reality isn't always so nice, and the Enneagram poses that there are one of nine frameworks for how we get our needs met. Enneagram proponents? Is that the word I'm looking for? People who are... Couldn't tell you. <laughs> so people who believe in the Enneagram and use the Enneagram for personal growth, uh, they state that you can see signs of this personality typing system uh, from many different spiritual and religious traditions. So kind of a condensed version of different universal wisdoms, but you can see it present in some of like mystic Christianity, Buddhism, uh, Muslims, especially the Sufis. There is the what kind of idiot are you teaching story um, from Sufi uh, Islam. Mm -hmm. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, especially in the Kabbalah from Judaism, uh, these are ancient traditions that have been around for thousands of years, and you can see bits of that in the Enneagram. Um, with the modern resurgence of the Enneagram, most people accredit that to a man called Oscar Ichazo. I love the Enneagram because it just seems so multifaceted, like more than any other kind of personality tests and... Just, oh, yeah. you know, and all the psychology classes, there are so many. <laughs> I was going to say, we, we probably are going to talk about those other tests, too, being that we've both taken a lot of psychology classes. This isn't the Myers-Briggs. I think it has its place, but... I hate the Myers-Briggs. Okay, it's a hot take. <laughs> I think the Myers-Briggs is good for some things, but the Enneagram, like you said, I think just goes so much deeper. Yeah. I think what I love most about the Enneagram is just like learning about um, areas of growth. Like I just don't think many um, like other 
personality things have those and like showing you what you look like when you're not at your best and and so I just think all of those there's so many details that go in with the Enneagram and that's how it just seems way more legit you know so starting off with type one again type one is not the best uh I love type ones in my life what does that mean (laughs) well I just (laughs) They're not the best. Um, None of them are. Basically, all of these are disgusting. Yeah. So. No, there's no such thing as a perfect person. Uh, and for a lot of this, we're going to be talking about just each type at their basic levels, which means they still have a lot to do <laughs> just in their own. The ones are just also not perfect, but they think they are. Yeah. So actually, <laughs> uh, one of the names for the one is the perfectionist. They can also be called the reformer the moralist, the crusader, or the critic. One's basic need is that they want to be good. Their basic fear is that they are evil or corrupt. They don't want to be defective. And they're... They really hate the human side of themselves. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Their super ego message is that if you are good or okay, you do what is right. So... My goodness. It seems hard to live with. You know, I just imagine, and I think most ones I know agree with me that it's just, at the end of the day, they are just tired because everything (laughs) that they do is just such a decision, you know? Yeah. They're not, man, go with the flow. (laughs) No. They um, are more of the responsible ones, Mm -hmm. structured. Kara has a one wing, so naturally she's the one that made the outline for this (laughs) podcast (laughs) so to give an overview of what ones look like on the good side they are fair accurate objective reliable responsible hardworking, and ethical some of their pitfalls or when they're unhealthy ones can look resentful overly rigid self-righteous and critical (sighs) so self-righteous so self-righteous not that i can relate (sighs) to that at all um, <laughs> speaking of jokes, uh, type two, uh, hello. So type twos are often called the helpers. They are also called the nurturers, advisors, caretakers, pleasers, givers, the special friend, or the special friend. It sounds so <laughs> bad. Um, also this one, the manipulator. Uh, oh, that one's that one's honest. It's too honest. <laughs> Some could say. I could say. So a two's basic desire is to feel loved. And our basic fear is of being unloved and unwanted for themselves alone. So the way that twos operate in the world is that they take on the role of having to go out and seek love by doing things for other people. Yes. They're so thoughtful. And then you later find out that it was just because they wanted you for some reason, wanted your acceptance. And how how bad is that? (laughs) That's what we want. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Which I think could be said of all of the Enneagram types. The blessing and the curse of being a person in the world and why I'm so glad there are different kinds of people in the world is just that we are putting back out into the universe what we wish we could receive. Then it's just... Well, that's a beautiful way to put it. 
But then it's sad because we can't always receive it. So the two super ego message is that you are good or okay if you are loved by others and are close to them. On the good side of things, twos can be warm, energetic, caring, friendly, and giving. On the unhealthy side of things, twos can become manipulative, needy, self-righteous, and bossy. <laughs> so fun we're, we're a joy to be around you know we don't... we'll get in yeah we'll get into the to the details this podcast don't worry anything more about the two no let's not I don't want to talk about it <laughs> oh well this is a good day for you then. <laughs> uh type threes are called the achievers achievers yes they're also called the performers the motivators, the producer, or the status seeker. Ooh. Yeah, they pretty much just never stop going. It's really incredible. Unless they're unhealthy and then they totally shut down. But, I mean, they are the top of the top, or at least they want to be the top of the top, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, their basic desire is they want to feel worthwhile, accepted, and desirable. Um, and typically that shows itself through like a type three is going to do the most with whatever tasks they're given. They want to be top dog. They want to be the best at what they're doing. Um, so typically they just want to achieve. They just want to achieve. Um, and that is all to cover up their basic fear of being worthless without value, um, apart from their achievements. So type twos and type threes, as well as type fours all have the same shared shame, which is I have to mask whatever's inside because inherently there's something bad or not worthwhile about me. So sad girls club. So sad. Yeah, for real. <laughs> um, and three's super ego message is that you are good or okay as long as you are successful and others think well of you. Well, yes, they're so image driven. Mm-hmm. And very... Um, self-deceptive is kind of the key theme for threes because the image that they project out to people they actually start to believe that image themselves even if they know that they're lying about some aspects or if there's more truth behind the image um so like we said these people are achievers they are very hardworking. um they're usually pretty popular socially they're well received um they're goal-oriented and then on the low side, when they're stressed out, um, they have been called shallow. Um, they are <laughs> not very in touch with their emotions. Um, but they have them, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, they are feelers, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, they can also be called vain or robot-like. <laughs> uh, but they probably make more money than any of us. Oh, my so. God. Every... <laughs> I I guess this wouldn't be true because it would depend on the type of organization but uh, wow I'm guessing that (laughs) most CEOs are threes Uh or eights eights. that was what I was going to say oh my gosh (laughs) you either want to be the star or you want to be in control oh god alright so Meg you want to tell us about fours ah yes the fours um, what are they called? Well, they are called the individualist, um, the romantics. Um, this website I'm on right now, this is the first time I've seen this, but it's called 
the intense creative, which mm. I'm very on board with. Oh, I got one here. Do you want to hear it? It's not very nice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, the tragic victim. Oh my gosh, yes. We're very tragic. Uh, also, the melodramatic elitist. Yep. Yep. All of those. We, we I feel like, have the most feelings. Um, but, yeah, so... Uh, the fours are super aware of their emotions. Um, they, oh man, I don't know how to describe myself, but, um, basically fours are very like motivated by being unique and authentic. It's super important for them to be who they were born to be. And that's also got to be very different from anybody else. Yes. Um, Um, we're gross. Great example. (laughs) Meg's name is Megan. <laughs> she will beat you up if you call her Meg. In yeah, I'm Meg. not a fan. There are too many Megans in this in this world, and I actually don't love it when I meet another Meg. Like I'm like, you're not an actual Meg. You go by Megan. <laughs> you know, like it's it's not the best. Um, and yeah, and you know the like most four thing about me. I feel is like I literally was going to come on this podcast and say like I don't think I'm like other <laughs> fours. <laughs> so there you go. Oh, man, I almost spit out my coffee. If <laughs> um, you yeah. just a tip in typing yourself, um, and maybe I don't know if that should be a whole other episode or we could do that at the end of this episode. But if you are sitting here thinking, you know, I don't know if just nine types of being could possibly categorize (laughs) me you are a four I know you're not going to realize it right now (laughs) but if you don't think that you belong to the system you're a four maybe an eight but I'm guessing you're a four yeah Um, so so their basic fear or your basic fear is of having (laughs) no identity or no personal significance Oh my gosh, it's so real. (laughs) And the basic desire is to find themselves and their significance or to create an identity out of their inner experience. Yeah. I think this is a good time to also address the fact that we are both very basic in just our career choices based on (laughs) our types. Like, I'm a paid helper, I'm a therapist, and you're a photographer. (laughs) so yeah we're really the intense creativity you know <laughs> so intense um so on the good end of things wars are emotionally honest creative and personal but they can also be moody and self-conscious we're just hashtag deep mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. all that melancholy <laughs> that self-indulgence that self-pity Ooh, yeah you want a good pity party nasty. invite a four <laughs> Okay. Super ego message of the four is you are good or okay if you are true to yourself. It's beautiful. (laughs) Okay, the five, I don't even know what to say because I literally, this is the only type I feel like I don't know a five. Like, I don't have a five in my life. Oh, man. I'm so excited to introduce you to my friend who we're going to talk to. Type five is called the investigator. They're also called the observer, the thinker, the sage, the voyeur, or the expert. So fives, their whole thing is they don't want you in their business ever. They 
are going to stand on the edge of a room during a party and just watch what's happening until they have an idea of what's going on and then they will address it. They are intense, very cerebral. They want to find out why things are the way that they are. And their basic desire is to be capable and competent. And on the flip side of that, their basic fear is of being helpless, useless, or overwhelmed. I just see them as the brainiacs. And you know what? That's fair. They are. <laughs> <laughs> like, who just likes to research, Ugh. Fives, uh, their super ego message is you are good or okay if you have mastered something. So on the positive side of things, fives, like we said, are perceptive, innovative, um, and on the low side of things, when they're not healthy, they can be secretive and isolated. So number six is the loyalist. Six. Or a loyal skeptic. I think that's my favorite name for them, too. Me, too, because everybody I know that's a six. I'm like, wow, that's real. <laughs> Other names, they're also called the guardian, the true believer. On the flip <laughs> side, the doubter. And the troubleshooter. Pew, pew. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So sixes, their basic motivation, correct me if I'm wrong, is to be, like, stable, safe, and secure. Yeah, security is a huge thing for a six. Yes, and then, you know, their biggest fear is the flip side of that is not being secure. (laughs) Yeah. So so Um, fear of being without support and guidance Essentially, sixes are if you turned anxiety into an entire personality, (laughs) that's a six. Yes. Everything is based out of fear, which is tough. (laughs) Yeah. Because Um, of that, too, most things that you're going to say are true about a six are also not true about a six, depending on what space they're in. So while sixes are reliable, hardworking, responsible, and trustworthy... When they, once they're running on stress, uh, they become defensive, evasive, and anxious. Sixes have a huge problem with authority a lot of the time because or they're so they really, Or they really love authority. I mean, it's like, they, I mean, with their loyal side, right? They mm-hmm. could just like totally be on board with anything somebody in authority says. It's just, it's just one or the other. <laughs> yeah. Sixes are complicated too because you also have phobic sixes or counterphobic sixes. If you've ever thought about buying a bunker for (laughs) the impending nuclear war, you're probably a six. Uh, Oh my gosh. See, that is so true because I've never thought about that. And I think I have thought about like some kind of underground thing, but only because I think it would be a cool space to hang out in. I was going to say, were you like, I could make art here? Yeah, it was more like, well, how cool would it be if I lived in a place like that? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, six never for my safety. Are the poster child for worst case scenarios. They are always thinking, what could go wrong and how is it going to go wrong? Not when, but <laughs> how. Or not if. But when yeah, and how. not if, Dang not when. I don't know where it's so glad <laughs> you blew we're doing it. a thing where we're talking. <laughs> you blew it. So sixes, their super ego message is that you are good or okay if you do what is expected of you. Oh, mm-hmm. that one seems kind of new. 
Yeah, but it I think it tracks for most sixes that I know. I'm not going to come out here saying if I have favorite types or anything. But I like sixes. I have a lot of sixes in my life. Mm, I definitely have some favorite types. Six is not one of them, but you know. Oh, okay. <laughs> Moving on to one of them <laughs> is the seven. Really? Oh, oh, I think it would be so cool to be a seven. You would be so positive all the time, and you just have freaking fun. Mm, okay. Like, I hear you, but also, oh, seven's, seven's <laughs> So much energy. There, you stress me out so bad. Uh, I just, I, I wish I had that much energy. I... I wish that I loved living that much. (laughs) Um, I'm just over here wallowing about something. So like we said, sevens uh, sometimes are actually called the energizer. Or the enthusiast. Yeah, I think that's what most people call them. They can also be called the generalist, the multitasker, or the connoisseur. This little resource online, um, integrative9.com, mm. <laughs> says the enthusiastic visionary. Ooh, I like I know. that. I know. They're the ones that came with uh, intense, what was it, creative, too. So mm. I, I like this little resource <laughs> I've got. Oh, man. So the basic overview of a seven, sevens present themselves as very extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. Their basic desire is to be happy, to be satisfied, <laughs> and to find fulfillment. They're a little basic, but you know, aren't we all? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> you're right never never meg she's complicated (laughs) they want to have their needs fulfilled um and their basic fear is of being deprived and in pain they avoid anything that would make them uncomfortable like that would bring sadness or yeah i always wonder like what happens to a seven where like i don't know like their spouse dies or something like you can't avoid that you know so I have a whole theory. I think sevens, if your spouse died, you would pick up a cocaine addiction. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. I forgot or, about that. Or they th- love drugs. Oh, they love drugs so much. <laughs> um, so sevens, their, ego me- their super ego message is you are good or okay if you get what you need. Because of this, sevens get really excited about stuff like cocaine, but they are really scattered so they'll get really so cocaine's not helpful <laughs> no 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 <laughs> they probably should be on Adderall if anything but you know only if they're prescribed because my one wing is telling me it would be bad to take it if it wasn't prescribed to you I'm gonna say I think a lot of sevens have ADHD that's fair I think that's fair I can't my dad's a seven and he does have ADHD <laughs> so I have quite a few seven friends. I like them so much. I try to surround myself with them as much as I can. Hmm. I also think I'm a really good, like, instigator for sevens. <laughs> You're but. like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. On the high side, sevens are they playful. They like being high. <laughs> they love to be high. High side, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Sevens are playful, high-spirited, <laughs> and practical. Um, so like the sixes, sevens are also thinking all the time but almost the flip side if a six is thinking about what the worst case scenario is sevens are thinking about the best case scenario and how they're gonna get that thing 
They're always. Oh my gosh, that is so true. Mm-hmm. It's plan A. This is going to be the most fun. But you know what? If that doesn't happen, I got a plan B where I'm still going to have fun. Or what I've heard is even in like the experience they've been planning, they're still thinking about the next thing. Oh yeah, for sure. Sevens don't have much of a career plan, typically. <laughs> Basic sevens, you know, don't yeah. go out here calling me things. So. <laughs> Great. Now the eight, the challenger. Mm-hmm. Or as this resource says, the active controller. Ooh, okay. I've also seen the leader, the solution master, uh, the rock. Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the rock? I don't think the rock is an eight. I don't think so. He seems too friendly. I agree. He might be a seven wing eight. I was actually thinking like a nine wing eight. Interesting. Hey, I don't, I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know much about The Rock. <laughs> I could know more. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, uh, please come on the podcast. We would love to talk to you and type you. You want to talk about eights? Give us an overview, Meg. They are confident, usually. Um, something I envy. <laughs> they're very direct. I'm pretty sure their basic motivation is to be in control. Oh, hell yeah. And basic fears to be out of control. Oh, um, yeah. So, yeah, they don't don't ever try to tell an eight what to do. It's not going to be pleasant. <laughs> but they like yeah. it. Here's the thing, though. From my experience with eights, if you never tell an eight what to do or assert yourself with an eight, oh, they, they don't trust you at all. They want the pushback. One little caveat to what you said, which I think was very good. For their basic fear, not as much being out of control, but being controlled by other people. Mm, If somebody's going to be in control, it's got to be them. If, like, shit's crazy, shit's crazy. But they want to be in the driver's seat. Their super ego message is you are good or okay if you are strong and in control of your situation. Yeah. So this is why we mentioned them for, you know, CEO possibility, because of course they would love to run a company to where they could tell everyone what to do all the time. They're very great, like natural leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people naturally, like they have the gift where like people listen to them. <laughs> oh, for sure. Maybe because I go there in stress. I just, I feel for eights. Um, but yeah, eight- I'm going to be real. I had some negative feelings about eights. You know what? I understand it. But eights can be really protective. Once you're an eights person, like, they are going to be, like, that mama bear, papa bear. Like, they got you. That is true. That is Um, very true. They're super resourceful. They are so straightforward because, unlike myself, they're never trying to be delicate with people's feelings because that's (laughs) your business. Um, Yeah. What are even feelings? No, they don't know. (laughs) and they're very decisive that being said though they can be a little full of themselves and domineering uh bossy and intimidating confrontational a lot of eights have issues with anger and also just like struggle to be vulnerable yeah Mm -hmm. word all right last but not least but also not best (laughs) They can be called the crown of the Enneagram. Whatever. (laughs) We have nines. Yes. Uh, The peacemaker, the harmonist. um, 
not the harmon. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I just read one. Uh, nobody's special. <laughs> yeah, can't be nine. Nope. <laughs> nobody's special. So basically, I mean, a lot of nines are kind of hard to type because at the crown of the anagram, they like see they have little pieces. But they just love peace. Their basic motivation in life is to have peace. Mm -hmm. Um, And basic fear is to, what, be deprived or something? So of loss and separation. Of loss and separation. They really want everything to be in harmony, which is like themselves and other people. But also they care a lot about their relationship. So they worry about being separated nines also don't really know who they are so (laughs) they are separated from other people they fear about losing their identity and yeah low-key they don't know who they are (laughs) um if there is one type to be bad at conflict at being bad at being involved in conflict they're actually great mediators with other people's Mm -hmm. conflicts but if they are involved it's very stressful because Mm -hmm. things if things aren't in harmony like it's the worst so they are usually pretty creative optimistic and supportive that being said nines can be a bit of a doormat (laughs) they are willing to keep the peace they just want everything to go smoothly i know this one's super ego message yeah tell (laughs) me um are okay if everyone else is good or okay right yep Great job. A plus. Thanks. I remember because Katie. Yep. Our dear friend Katie. Shout out to Katie, friend of the pod. (laughs) The only one listening. (laughs) Nines can also struggle with being complacent, minimizing their problems, simplifying their problems, and being stubborn. Yeah. They they can be a little sloth-like. It's hard to get them out of bed sometimes. (laughs) So that's nines. So I don't know if these were the best uh, (laughs) descriptions, but just to give you a little taste, a little overview, like we said, go through and read some more by yourself. The EnneagramInstitute.com is great to get a more in-depth picture of each of the Mm -hmm. types, kind of give you the overview. Like we were saying, each of the types also has a type that they go to in stress. We will get into that at a later date when we go into each of the types so that's the episode uh hope that this was helpful or you know what i don't even know what i hope i want to please you guys but who are you it's very hard (laughs) for me right now email us tweet at us just kidding we don't have any of those set up yet want to talk to myself or meg you can either dm me on instagram i also use the tweeter my handles at both are Shakara underscore Shakara. That's S H A C A R A. And then Meg, if they want to get at you. Instagram, Meg underscore Emirate. That is A M. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, don't contact me. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Okay, uh, <laughs> this is not going to work. This has to be over now. <laughs> uh, anyway, yes, uh, Meg underscore Emirate, A-M-O-R-E-T-T. Great. That's it. 
That's yep. and that's that's the podcast. All right. Thanks for listening. We love you guys. Um, if we're we gonna it, work on a sign off <laughs> to make this <laughs> go better. Less <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.